Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman who was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their work-life balance journeys so they can let go and make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. If you're a regular listener to One of a Kind You, thank you so much for taking the time to tune into another episode. I'm so grateful to have you here. And if you are new to One of a Kind You, thank you so much for stopping by to check it out and see what it's all about. About. I'm equally grateful to have you here as well. So the way this podcast works is that I read a journal entry of mine from about seven years ago, which it's hard to believe it's been seven years already, from when I was in the thick of the struggle, and I reflect on what I know now and what I wish I had known then. So this journal entry is actually from June 24th, 2016, and I write, Today was the day when I started to reach capacity from being on the clock for extra time this week. I managed to keep my frustration level and my level of being present in check until my phone call with Evelyn. I asked the girls to just give me some time until I was done, but didn't get it. I understand that they're little and were doing the best they could. Thankfully, Pete came home early. He said he would try, but I wasn't counting on it. As promised, he tagged me in or tagged me out so I could breathe. He took care of dinner and occupied the girls. It gave me time to do a few things I didn't have a chance to get to today and to have a moment to myself. I am grateful that he tries and cares enough to do so. So this is, um, actually I'll save the other part of this entry for another episode. Um, but as I read this, I'm like, gosh, I feel kind of manic. One day I'm up and, you know, loving Pete and so appreciative of him. And the next day it's like, boom, it's doom and gloom. And I feel like my marriage is over. But the thing that really speaks to me, one of the things that speaks to me the most about this journal entry is that, um, I was at capacity and it was because I didn't have boundaries to say to my friend who had called, thanks so much for calling, but, um, you know, I can only chat for a few minutes because, um, you know, I'm with my girls. Can I call you later tonight when my husband gets home from work? And then I can, you know, have more time to more uninterrupted time to chat. So I didn't do that. That would have been the best option because then I could have continued to be present with the girls. I wouldn't have felt overwhelmed like I was being spread too thin trying to give Evelyn attention and trying to give Lily and Casey attention. And I'm sure the dogs and the cat were feeling needy too because um, it seems as though whenever I get on the phone, they also need something from me. Um, But, you know, that's mom life. And so that would have been the first thing um, to do to make that situation better for myself. Um, But the other thing too, you know, it was good. I recognized that the girls were little. They were doing the best they could. The other piece of it too is that I also often felt like I didn't have enough adult interaction because I was home with the kids all the time that I literally talked to them all day and no adults. And so then when Pete would get home from work, I would just throw words up all over him because I was so thankful to finally have an adult um, to listen to and um, actually engage in an adult-like conversation. And so that was part of it as well. But the other reason I was at capacity is because I wasn't honoring myself. So I wasn't honoring myself to reconnect with myself but I also wasn't honoring myself to recharge. So um, I wouldn't have gotten to the frustration level that I did if I had been able to take more time for myself. And back then I overcomplicated it so much that it felt darn near impossible to do. 
But I know myself, um, when Pete got home and tagged me in and, and the things that I did that I didn't have a chance to do during the day, they were not things to fill my cup. They were probably um, work tasks like grading papers for Wilmington University. Um, I think at this time I was going through my, oh, I probably wasn't doing obedient certification training at this point, but anyways, I was probably Girl Scout prepping. It was probably, um, well, Mew grading. It was not taking time to fill my cup. It was not reading for fun. It was not, um, you know, getting a hot shower. It was not soaking in a tub with Epsom salts. It wasn't doing my nails. It was none of those things. Um, you know, it wasn't meditation. It wasn't yoga. It was nothing that, um, would have allowed me to to just catch my breath. Although I did say, um, it was nice to have a moment to myself, but I would say it was probably not the most serving moment. Um, it was me playing catch up with all of the things on my to-do list that I felt I had to get done in order to be seen as, um, productive or an equal to my husband or a good mom, or a good wife, or a good person. Um, They were not things that I'll say were self-serving. They were external validation things. Um, I didn't write down what I did, but I I can tell you. It was probably laundry. It was, I'm sitting here thinking, you know, it's like all the tasks that I do on a day-to-day basis... It was, you know, oh, let me vacuum upstairs. It was, oh, let me dust. It was whatever. But I can tell you it was not things that would make me say, oh, Kim, you appreciate yourself. You're really taking a moment for yourself. You're allowing yourself to recharge and reconnect. It was none of that. And so the other thing, too, is that, um, like I said at the beginning of this episode, is that I, I feel almost manic sometimes when I go back and I read these journal entries with Pete. Um, Because it's like, you know, yes, he made an effort to get home early that day. He made dinner. You know, he occupied the kids. But, and I know that this is a true but, that um, I was probably not left alone for very long. Because my girls are 13 and 10 and they will still come to me over my husband and ask me for things. Even when he's not doing anything and I am. And I... I know that's true for a lot of moms because I just talked to um, another mom who said the same thing about her kids and we kind of laughed about it because we're like, seriously, your dad's not doing anything. Go ask him. And so I asked my girls the other day, I was like, okay, I've got to know, why is it that you're asking me when your dad is sitting right there doing nothing? And they're like, well, because you know where everything is in the house. And I said, are you kidding me? Because it's not like your dad can't figure it out. It's he doesn't have, you know, he has two eyes. Two hands, two arms, two legs, all of those things. So it's not as though he isn't, he, he is capable of figuring it out, but it's just easier for them. It's like the shortcut, you know, it's like almost like instant gratification. So let me just go ask my mom because she knows. And then that will save me the guesswork. It will save me having to wait longer, all of those things. So, um, so I know that this, this moment to myself was probably a short lived moment, not to take away from the fact that Pete did make an effort. And he did try. Um, And he did keep his end of the bargain because he said he would come home early and he did. And the reason I didn't bank on it is because 
he would often say, oh yeah, I'm really going to try hard to make it home early today. And then it would never happen. He would be actually later than a normal late. And so that would be frustrating because then it was that much longer that I was on the clock for. And I say on the clock because, you know, that was me being present for my kids and doing all the things, the laundry, the dishes, the cooking, the cleaning, the playing, the teaching, you know, all of that with no real break, you know, cause it's when you're a stay at home mom, there is no office door that you get to close and be left alone for a little bit. And that was also part of the thing. It was like, Pete couldn't understand why I was at capacity all the time. And it's like, Pete, seriously, you have an office door at work where you close it. And then people say, oh, okay, he needs uninterrupted time. And you are left alone. You go to the bathroom and you get to close the stall door and you get privacy when you're using the bathroom. As a stay-at-home mom, I don't get that privacy. I don't get that uninterrupted time. There's constantly someone knocking at my proverbial office door, so to speak. Um, even, you know, if I actually did attempt to use the bathroom and close the door when the girls were napping, um, the cat would inevitably stick his paw under the door and try and open it too. So like, I couldn't even get privacy from the pets when I was actually getting privacy from the kids. So he didn't have that role because he got his moments of time during the day. Even if he was still like, spending mental energy at work, he at least had, I'll say silence or he had just the space to think and contemplate the things that he needed to where I didn't. I had to function and think at the same time and I had to function and contemplate at the same time. And that wasn't always easy. And that can be really exhausting, honestly, because your your brain is working double time. Your energy level is depleting because your body is working double time. And so um, not, you know, and so, and I say all the time, you know, my husband's job is stressful. It's um, not an easy job. And so I think really at the root of it back then in 2016, I was such in the thick of this healing journey and it was painful. It was uncomfortable. It was um, unknown. I just did not. I, first of all, I was blindsided by it and I didn't know what was going to come of it. I just didn't know. It just was so, it felt so tumultuous for me and I didn't necessarily have the space to go through it because I was a stay-at-home mom and with a husband who worked all the time. So he was equally struggling though because he was trying to find his balance between having this stressful, demanding job and being present for us as a father and a spouse and for himself too. And so ironically enough, we both kind of had the same struggle. He felt like he didn't get time to check out and do nothing. And I felt like I didn't get time to check out and do nothing. And I was expecting of him to make it happen. But I don't, I'll say on some level, I really didn't give it to him either. Um, because I just kind of looked at it as like he had his time in the basement in the morning when he was working out. And I didn't get that time because the kids, you know, we were all up early. So I would keep the kids while he was in the basement working out and it wasn't reciprocated. So it's super complicated when you get down to it. Um, and I could have, like I've said in previous episodes, if I had found someone to help me, then it would have been maybe more, uh, more doable for me to not rely on Pete all the time. But having a history of um, sexual abuse in our in my family, um, I tend to be very paranoid about things like that. And so I never want to put my kids in a position to where 
they're being, you know, molested or sexually abused by someone. I know it's more common with, to happen with someone than you that you know versus someone that you don't. But I also, you know, with the dogs and the cat, I felt reluctant to bring a stranger into the house because God forbid, you know, they let the dogs out while I'm not home and then something happens to the dogs. You know, I just, it was a lot of beings to give a stranger responsibility for two little girls, two dogs and a cat, even for an hour here and there. I just wasn't in a place where I felt like I could do that. And partly too, I felt like if I did do that, then there was, it made me a bad mom that I couldn't hack it. So there was some level of guilt there too. So guilt for needing help outside of my husband, but also, um, being that I had, I was not sexually abused as a child, but knowing the history is there with my family and the impact that it's had on the family members that were abused, I just, um, you know, was super paranoid about that. But I also know now that that was, um, that was me projecting my childhood fears onto my kids um, because there were times where my childhood felt really unhinged. It just felt chaotic. And so I just didn't want anything remotely even close to that to be in my girl's experience. So, um, so it was just a lot. There was so many layers to it and I really just didn't know how to work through it because I didn't have the awareness that I didn't know how, but also I, I literally didn't have the coping skills. So I was always wound so tight and the littlest things would just set me off. And so that was, you know, part of that feeling of being overwhelmed and frustrated it was because like I knew that I wanted to do better and be better. I just didn't necessarily have the tools to do it. And part of that was feeling disconnected from myself, from my kids, from my husband. And it was really all external things that I was allowing to create that feeling of disconnection when it actually really wasn't there. That was the truth I was telling myself and it was my truth, but it wasn't the whole truth. So it was just a really challenging time. So if you take anything away from this episode, it's okay to A, not answer the phone when someone calls. It's okay to answer the phone and tell them it's not an okay time and to arrange a time that works better for you to both chat later. But also don't be too hard on yourself because you really are doing the best that you can in this moment with the tools and the experiences that you have. And as long as you're communicating with the people who are, are impacted by your frustration, that's modeling for them what to do in actually a healthy way. And I didn't really have that awareness at the time then that to, you know, lose my patience and be frustrated if I just talked to my kids, they were old enough to understand. Um, Then it would show them that when they were frustrated or overwhelmed or having a moment, if they could talk through it with the people that they upset, it wouldn't make it right, but it would at least provide some insight and then it would give them a learning opportunity for how to change it moving forward next time. So if you found this episode helpful, please feel free to share it with a friend because the more the merrier. And if you would be so kind as to leave a review, um, I would be so appreciative as well. I take the time to read all the reviews to ensure that this podcast continues to be a place of support and guidance and really a one-stop shop um, because let's face it, us women, we have to stick together. So thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of One of a Kind You, and I will see you all next week.